Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Hashem, we are learning the new Mesechta, Mesechta Zbava Metzia. The Mesechta begins, Shnaim Oichzen Betalis, if two people are holding on to a garment, and Ze'oimer Anim one person is claiming, I found it first. Ve'ze'oimer Anim I found it first. Ze'oimer Kula Shali, one says, it's all mine. Ve'ze'oimer, the other one says, Kula Shali, it's all mine. So before we go on, just opening up the Mesechte, we know that every world has the same Torah spoken with the language that is understood in that world. And there is from the Rebbe Samach Tzedek, who taught us how this Mishnah is learned in Gan Eden. So he said like this, that in Gan Eden you have Neshamas, that after 120 years they go up Lamaila, and we all have influence on others. And there are two neshamas that are fighting over a third neshama. There was this third Jew that was lost, that was disconnected to the observance of mitzvahs. And two yidin had effect on this third neshama. And they are claiming in front of Beis and Shalmaila that Ani Mitzosiyah. Each yid is trying to get the credit. I was the one that brought him back to Yiddishkeit. The other one says, Kula Shali. Kula Shali. So that Torah, when it comes down to this world, so it's speaking about a talus. So each one has a claim. So says the Mishnah, One has to swear that he owes no less than half. We will see later in the Gemara why the oath is worded in this negative way. And the other one swears, That he doesn't have less than half. And we divide the talas between them. So let's start learning Rashi and Toysavis. And just to speak one Nakuda by heart, which is that when we have two people arguing over money, arguing over an item, we're going to have the following five approaches. One is going to be the concept that we're learning here, that you make a division based on an oath. We're going to learn other scenarios where there's a division, where there's a vayachloiku without an oath. We're going to learn a concept called hamoitzim echaveri olavaraya, that if one person is in possession of the item that's being debated, the one in possession is given, so to say, the benefit of the doubt, it's theirs until proven otherwise. We're going to have another din called Yehei Munach Achi Yavayelio, that there are times when there's a dispute, the item upon which there's a dispute waits until Eliyah Novi is going to come. And by the way, Yehei Munach Achi Yavayelio, it's good to remember that that is a machlekes Rashi Toysavis to understand exactly where is it Munach. We're going to have Shitas Rashi here in Bava Metzi and Aflamat Zion that says that in many scenarios, the person who has it then in their possession, it stays with them at and you have Shitas Toysavis that we had in Bava Metzi and Bava Kama Davkuv Gimel that says Yehei Munach means that Beisden takes it. And it stays with Beisden, now, even when it comes to Elio, that also was up to a question, what exactly will happen when Elio Novi comes? So there are certain times that it stays because we do not know, so to say, what the halach is. And as the Gemara says, always take tishbi yitaretz, kushes vabayis, Elio Novi is going to tell us, like, what is the halach? But then there are other people that say different, that when Elio Novi is going to come, the world with Elio, the world with Mashiach will be a world of Emes. And therefore, the, many of these doubts come because one person is lying. Elio Novi is going to come and he's going to clarify, people are going to say the Emes. Or, many times people are saying the truth, but every person has their, have their truth. When Elio Novi is going to come, people's truth will get closer together. There's going to be less dispute. So, and then you have another concept that, that we spoke at when we learned the end of Bava Kama. We're going to learn some Toysavas inside called, called the Alam Gevar. And that's going to be a case quoted from Bava Basra. There were two people fighting over a boat. And there are times that Beisden says the stronger one should win. We'll learn when we learn this then exactly what's the lambdas behind that. But here our Mishnah is ruling. So we're not saying called the Alam Gevar. We're not saying Yehei Munach. We're not saying We're saying with a shvur. So let's read Rashi. 
שניים אוכזים מטאליס. זאת רעשי דווקא אוכזים, that our mission is דווקא speaking because they are both holding on to the talis. Since the שני מוחזקים בו, ואין לו זה כוייך בו יוסר מזה, no one is in the possession on the talis more than the other. That is why you say, יחלויקו, שאילו הויסו ביד אחד לבדוי, if one would have been solely in possession, הוויידך המצי מכווני אלו ורעיו. One of them would have been the Muhzak, the other one would have been the Maitzi. And the rule will be for all love on the one who's trying to change the status quo, to bring a Raya, and a Raya means Edim, that it's his, and he won't be believed to take his half with the Shvur. So first we have a Gavaldiki Yisoyed from Rashi, that why do we say Yachleiku B'Shvua? Because they're both Muhzak. Now let's read inside Toysavus. Now really the first Toysavus we spoke out when we finished Baba Kama. Let's review the Toysavus inside. First one, Shnai Moichza Metal is Aidi Da'ayre Hagoizel Basra. Baba Kama ends, the ninth Perek is called Hagoizel Eitzim. The final Perek is called Goizel Omeichel. So it's called the last Goizel. We learned over there in the, in the Mishnah Machlaikis a division regarding the Nesoidus sawdust between the Nagar and the Balabais, between a carpenter and the owner. So people used to have wood. They gave it to a professional to fashion the wood into something. And the question is the pieces of wood that was taken off the chunk that was given. Whom does it belong to? So the Mishnah says that if the carpenter was using a matzot, a adds, in other words, it's a more refined utensil. The chips that fall off are smaller. That belongs to the nagar. That belongs to the carpenter. If, right, we just learned that in the Mishnah. If he's using a hatchet, so that which he takes out of the wood is larger. So since the Mishnah left off with items upon which sometimes it belongs to one, other time it belongs to another, Tani Hachi, Nami Dini Chalukai. So here also we start learning the laws of divisions. There was no order to the Mishnahis and to Mishnahis. And V'ikamanda Omar, as we learned in Bavakama Kuvbeis, Kula Nizikin Lav Chadim Mishnahihi, which is the opinion of Rav Huna, Rav Yosef holds that all of the three Bavas, Bava Kama, Bava Metzia, Bava Basra, is one Mesechta. And it was called Mesechta's Nezikim. But there is Rav Huna that holds that it's three. So since this is a separate Mesechta, why are we trying to make an order when there's a rule, ain't say the Mesechta? So Teisvus explains very importantly, Hanamili, when do we say ain't say the Mesechta, ain't say the Mishnah, Le'ingen machloikes v'acharkach stam? That there's a rule that if Rebbe in one Mishnah writes a din and, and he writes two opinions or more. And then later if he writes that same din and he only quotes one of the opinions without even attributing the author to that opinion, he writes a Stam Mishnah. So the rule is, Rebbe wrote it that way to teach you that the halach is kistam. And on that we say that that Rebbe's order of teaching the Masechtas was not according to the Seder Hashas. Rebbe taught the Masechtas this is an important rule. You teach what the students want to learn. So therefore, we say that Ein Seder Lamishnah if in one Mesechta Rebbe wrote the Machloikas, and maybe in a latter Mesechta he wrote Stam, could be he actually taught the Stam before the Machloikas. So we can't say Machloikas v'charkach Stam was the opposite. But when Rebbe organized the Mishnayas, they have an order, and v'tzalech b'chol Mesechta tam lama nishnis achar shelefanel. And look how ironic. Look how wise Teisvus writes, just like the Gemara clearly writes in the beginning of Mesechta Shavuos. The Gemara there says, Michti Tana Mimakis Kosalik. And what's the Hemshech? And the same thing we also find in the beginning of Mesechta Soita. Now, what's amazing, we know Soita comes way before uh, Shavuos. So Teisvus here, Dafka also wrote it out of the Seder, because Teisvus, his Talmidim, they wanted to learn Shavuos before Soita. So he wrote about Shavuos before Saita. 
But on the other hand, when Rebbe organized the Mishnayis, one has to be linked to the other. So the link is about Dinei Chalukais. Next Toysvis, the Yachloiku. So Teima, Frek Toysvis, the Maishnomahi, the Arbe. Why is our case different than the case of the boat? The Omar that we learn in Baba Basra called the Alam Gvar in Perik Cheskasabatim. So the Yeshleimer Toysvis writes something which is equal to what Rashi writes. Rashi is addressing, why don't we say, Toysvis is asking, why don't we say, call the Alam Gvar, because the Oichaz in Shani, the Choshev Ki'ilu, kol Echad Yesh Lebab, Bevadai Hachatzi. That when two people are holding on to the same talis, we view it as if each one has already half the Anan Sa'adi, because it's as if we testify that the Maide Tafis Hai Didehu, the Chulei. So already we have this concept that it's Shnayim Oichazin, that they're both holding on to it. We don't say, everyone is, everyone is the Muchzak. You can't say, call the Alam Gavar. Everyone is the Muchzak. And by the boat, and they were not holding on to the boat. And we'll get there before we blink, we'll be, uh, God willing, over there in Chaska Sabatim. So back into the Mishnah. So the Mishnah gave the first case. Each one holds on to the Talis. Each one says, it's fully mine. Each one has to swear and look at the words of the Shvua that I don't own less than half. Next case in the Mishnah. Look at this. One says it's all mine. And the other one says half is mine. Now how will half only be his? Because we're speaking about a talus that was either hefker or it was a lost talus upon which you don't have the mitzvah of Ashava Saveda because you didn't have, you don't have any identifying marks, there's no simanim, which means it's Hefkir. Now, if two people grab something from Hefkir at the same time, they both own it. So the one who's saying, Chetz Yashali is claiming, I got it with you. The first one is saying, I got it the moment before you. So it says, the Mishnah like this, the one who's claiming it's all his, he takes an oath, that he has no less than three quarters. The one that says, that I don't have less than a quarter. Think about it. The fact, you have a whole talus. On the first half, there's no machlekes. Reuven says the first half is his. Shimon is also admitting that that half is his. What are they arguing about? On the second half. So the second half is divided into half. So asks the Rosh, one second, if everyone is agreeing regarding the first half, they're only debating regarding the second half. Reuven is saying that the second half is his, all of the second half. Shimon is saying that all of the second half is Shimon's. Why are they swearing regarding three quarters and a quarter? Let them only swear Regarding the second half, Reuven should swear no less than half of that is mine. And Shimon should swear no less than the second half of the half is his. So the Rosh is Gavaldic. And as we're going to start learning throughout in the first Dafim, that sadly, even people that did not have a difficulty stealing were very careful not to take a false oath. But a person who steals, even though he's careful not to take a false oath, he's not such an honest person. So if he, if he will feel that the oath that he's taking really is not false, he'll take a false oath. What are you saying? You're saying that Reuven should swear that no less than half is his. Right? What is he really thinking? Maybe Reuven knows the MS that Shimon is saying the truth. That they both grabbed it together. And really, no less than half of all of it is his. Bezdin is only looking on the second half. But if they're going to tell both sides to swear that you don't have less than half, Reuven is going to have in his mind no less than the first half is mine. So even though he knows he's lying, he's going to think that a shvua is not a false shvua. So Bezim tells Reuven, swear no less than three quarters is yours. So if Reuven knows that what Shimon is claiming is Emes, that they both grabbed it together, meaning he only owns half, he won't be able to swear that no less than three quarters is mine. So that's a better way to sort of say to uh, motivate the liar who's willing to ganve but not willing to lie falsely to admit that the other side is saying the truth. Yes. Exactly. We both picked it up at the same time. Wouldn't there be 
these fractions are non are non-discernible, and since they're not discernible, it's considered the same time. That's a general rule when it comes to all halacha. We're not allowed to eat bugs. If the bugs that we are eating are not discernible to the eye, then they're not called bugs. When two people do something at the same time, we have this many times together we learned. Is it possible to be medayik at the same time? And there's a, yeah. What, if what appears to us happened at the same time, that's called the same time. Right. Now, the, the Mishnah gives a very similar case. Got at the milli a, a fraction. There's a, there, maybe more than that. Maybe if we would be able to be medayik b'shoiz, the way God does, then it's never possible to do something at the same time. It's always going to be one before the other. Right. But it's, it's considered in the same halachic time, in discernible time. But appears, if what appears to the naked eye was the chapter at the same time, it's called the same time. Right. Now, next case, similar case. How they learned this in, in Ganeiden will be funny. It's a machzadik didn't fear eyes. How can you call a third yid a behema? So he only spoke about the talus. That was easier. Two people are riding on a behema. Or, one was riding, one was leading. Same thing. Same thing. Says the Mishnah. Says Rashi. That what is the Chiddush of the second case of the Mishnah, which is apparently the same? Teaching you, amongst other things, that a rider, a roichiv, and a manig, and a leader equally acquired the behemoth from Hefker, one kingin is not better than the other. And therefore, indeed, if they both seized it at the same time by one jumping on the animal and one hopping the reins of the animal, so then they really own it in partnership. And again, so we have the concept that it's possible over here that what Bezdin is actually doing is the emis, which is beautiful, which is relevant, as we'll learn, God willing, in Ahmed Beis. However, let's just finish the Mishnah. Writing is called a Kingin. It's core, of course it's Mashiach, because you're making it move. You're making it move. But if they both admit that they acquired it simultaneously, or you have witnesses that testify that they both took it from Hefkir, at the same time, then they're going to be Cholkin, Boloi Shvua, and more of this in the Gemara. Pshita, we'll see that in the Gemara. Okay, begins the Gemara. Look at the words of the beginning of the Mishnah. The Mishnah begins with the words, Ze'oimer Anim so asks the Gemara, The Kasha, the Havamin of the Gemara is, is that the Reisha of the Mishnah is speaking about two different cases. On one case, each one is saying the words, I found it first. On the other case, each one is saying it's all mine. But why? In the second case, is someone saying it's all mine? Because he found it first. So why do you have to speak about two cases which really originate from one case? Lisnechada only mention one case. So answers the Gemara, the Mishnah is only speaking about one case. We're not quoting two Dinei Torah, two different scenarios. it's one case. The first one is claiming, Reuven is saying, I found it first. And therefore, Reuven adds, the Kolashali. Which is why the whole talus is mine. I found it first. It's all mine. Good. So ask Sigamada, hold on. If the Mishnah is only speaking about one case, the let the Mishnah only quote the first words that they are arguing. Each one saying, I found it first. And it's self understood that the Tayan or the Nitba. The both the, the, the both claimants over here that each one by saying Animatsosia is implying Kulashali answers the Gemara Itan Animatsosia had the Mishnah only quoted their opening words and based in then Havamina mistakenly would have th- thought that my Mitsosia what do we mean with the words finding Riisia I saw it first in other words one mistakenly would think that one can lay claim to Hefker 
by seeing it first, and that's not true. One mistakenly would have thought that even if one does not yet take something into one's physical possession, so therefore Tana, the Tana added the words Kula Shali, as the Ritva says, it's not from the extra words, that the words Kula Shali imply, it connotes physical possession. So it's mine, meaning I took it, to tell you, to teach us, asks the Gemara, hold on, why would you even think to say that we just had this at the end of Bavikama when we're learning the whole sugya of Geneva Sakum, Gezela Sakum, Kiddush Hashem, and Chilal Hashem. There the Gemara spoke that Tau Sakum is Mutter and Avedas Akum is Mutter. Avedas Akum means that in the Parshas Kiseitse, when the Torah is teaching you the din, of Hashavas Aved it says v'chein tase l'chol avedas ochicha asher toived mimenu umatzasa. So we learned that if a person finds something that belongs to a non-Jew, you're not obligated to return it. And as we learned there in Baba Kama, it goes without saying that if you do return it, you affect a tremendous kiddush Hashem, and not the way people mistakenly think that kiddush Hashem is only v'negdashti b'toich bnei Yisrael, only it's in front of Eden. Heard people say that. But if it's not in front of Eden, there's no Kiddush Hashem. No, we find many times in Shas that we amplify Kiddush Hashem or the opposite, God forbid, even in front of Goyim. It's what we heard in Cheder, you know, when you go out to a park, you know, make a Kiddush Hashem. Emes! If we behave properly or God forbid, the opposite. So the Gemara there says the following, that taking out the issue of Kiddush Hashem, you're not mechuyiv to return something that belongs to a guy. And there the Gemara asked, maybe, maybe, when are you not, are you not obligated to do Hashavas Aveda of a non-Jew if you didn't pick it up yet? If you're walking down the street, you find a lost article, you're not obligated to trouble yourself to take it and to return it. But maybe if you already took it in your possession, maybe you are Mechuyiv. And on that, Ravinoi says, Nisht. Why? Because since in Parshish Kiseitse, in the Pasuk regarding Hashavas Aveda, it says the words, Umat Meaning the Mashma. So even if it is Umatsasa, and he says Umatsasa means you found it, you took it, even there the Pasik says So what do we see from Ravinoi? That the word Umatsasa means taking it. So we know from the Pasik that Umatsasa means taking it. So the Mishnah could have only written the words that each one is saying, Ani Answers the Gemara, another important, these are important principles in your right, that when the Torah uses the words umatsasa, umatsasa dekroda asa liyade mashma, it means taking it in your possession. However, Tana, Rebbe, and all the Tanoim, Lishna da Almanakat, they used common language. They didn't always use words with the meaning that it has exclusively sometimes in the Kra, in the Chumash. And therefore, how do people speak? If you speak common language. Today, when a person, imagine if you're walking down the street and you find a diamond, what would you say? I found it! You're not going to say I saw it. You can already say I found it because you don't want anyone else to take it. That means, I found it. And therefore, again, mistakenly, you would think that Beriya Baal Makani. So, therefore, the Mishnah writes, repeats that the Kula Shali to tell you the Beriya Baal Makani So, now the Gemara asks a fantastic question in reverse. Okay, if the words Mitzosia in the Mishnah doesn't mean taking, but as we spoke out from the Ritva, the words Kula Shali means not I see it, it's in my possession. I took possession of it, so the list may call a shali, vole Only right, Schleimer Zabatalis, Zoimir Kula Shali, and Vizimir Kula Shali. I think that's another good answer. Maybe that's another good answer. Maybe that's why we, we start with children. They should understand the Gavaldikite of Mishnayis. Mishnayis is Neshama. The Magid came to the to the to the Beis Yosef. Magid Meishadim, when he couldn't understand the din, he chazed the Mishnahis by heart until the Magid of the Mishnah came. The Malach of a Mishnah came in and he explained to Beis Yosef with the meaning of the Mishnah. 
It's, it's, it, this is the, the, the Torah Shabbat of Torah Shabbat Peh, Mishnais. There's nothing higher than Mishnais. So, e, Tana Kulashali, have Amina. If the Mishnah here would have only written the words Kulashali, then I would have thought that Baal Madiktani Mitzosia, that in other places in Mishnais, where the Rebbe writes there the words finding from Mitzia, Biriya Baal Makani. So, the Rebbe wanted to make a precedent here. You have to make it clear in one place. This is the place. It's Tani Yani Mitzosia. And the other Tani Kulashali. Now it's extra, because here it would have sufficed with Kulashali. From the Rebbe's repetitive expression of this case is Ashma'inon, the Re'iyah like honey. But, bottom line is, it's not two cases, it's one case. Says the Gemara, hold on. Yes. Yes. Yes, here and everywhere. But now the Gemara is going to refute this. How can you say that our Mishnah is starting out with one case? There's only one Reuven and Shimon, and there's one Talas. And each one is saying both. And the Gemara explains, it says, And as Rashi says, Go nine lines from the bottom of the Amit. Go nine lines from the bottom of the Amit. In Rashi, the E Chadahu. If the Mishnah only would have been speaking about the same litigants, Hachi Bayle Lamisne, this is what the Mishnah would have written. Ze Oymer Mitzosia, Vikulashali. This one says, I found it. And not Ze Oymer, Ze Oymer, Ze Oymer, Ze Oymer. It's two cases. And therefore, Amarav Papa. Now, what Rav Papa is going to accomplish here isn't only explaining the two cases, but Rav Papa is already going to start to explain why the oath is needed, as we spoke about in the beginning. And we can say there are five general dinim. Let's go, you know, with, leave Shvua to the last. Kol Da'alam Gavar, Hamaitz Mechavere Olav you have the din of Yemunah Hachiyav Elio, Machloikas Rashi Toysus, with whom? But when it comes to Yachloiku, we can divide Yachloiku also into two cases. There's Yachloiku without an oath, as we'll see soon. And there is Yachloiku here with an oath. So Rav Papa is going to already start explaining why is an oath needed. So it says Rav Papa, Vitema, Rav Shimi, Baravashi, the Omri La Kedi, by Kedi, again, Machloikas Rishonim. Either Kedi, Rashi says, is a name of an Amaira. He's a name of a Chacham. It was said in the name of Kedi. Or the word Kedi means this answer was given without attribution. We don't remember who gave it, but it's known. The Welt zucked that Reisha Metziah of a Sefer that was speaking about two cases. So the case of Metziah we spoke out. Something was lost, Hefker, no Simon, or Taka Hefker. I know who the owner is, but he was Mafkarit. And two people found it. Or you have the story of a seller and a buyer. So you have a shopkeeper and he's selling an item. And two people picked it up. And both of them walked over to the seller. And they both gave money to the seller. It's mamash the same thing. It's shaykh, like by Metziah that they both picked it up together. It's possible that both people gave all of the value to the seller. The seller intended to sell it to both. And therefore he's planning to give back half of what he got to each one. So it's not possible that it belongs to both of them, if that would have been the reality. Or the seller only wanted to sell it to one of the two. And from him he got the money willingly. The other person gave money a second later. He put money in his hand. Or even better, by the seller, the das of the seller is needed. Even if Reuven gave him the money first, if he did not intend to give it to Reuven, he didn't take the money. He put the money in his hand, Balkarchai. And then Shimon gave the money and he, and he accepted the money from Shimon willingly, then it belongs to Shimon. So again, there's a machlekas between both of them who has, who made the sale. None of them are going to lose money in the long term because even, let's say, if it's going to be Reuven's, then he has to give the money back to Shimon. If it's Shimon's, he has to give it back to Reuven. If he intended to sell it to both, then he gives half back to one, half back to the other. But each one wants that article. Seller is right in front of us. We'll get it more details in a moment. Because once the we're going to see this in the Gemara, see it by heart. Because once we learn this all together, already in Baba Kama, once the seller doesn't have the item in his hands, he's not even believed to say that he remembers whom he wanted to sell it to. We'll get to that in a moment. If it would have been in his hand, he has no manas. When people sell, we know what one we sell. Once you sell, 
what are you celebrating? You sold. Next, next sale. You don't remember. And even if you say, you're, you don't, you're not believed. So now, says the Gemara, Vitzricha, why do we need to have both cases? Turning to the Avbeiz, Amit Beiz, and this already goes into the Lamdis behind, why is there a Shvua? The Eitana Metziah, had the Mishnah only spoke about the case of Metziah, Havamina, I would have thought, Metziah, who did Rami Rabbanon Shvua Alei, why did the Rabbanon, why did the Chachamim impose a oath, Mishum, the might of Amar, because each one, might be rationalizing by saying, Let's speak about a Metziah. When you find something from Hefker, how do you say this in English? Lucky you. You have a windfall. Good mazel. But if you lose that, the Ganef, the wrong party, is thinking to himself, I'm not really doing something that terrible. I'm not taking away from the other person something that's really his. Even though it is really his. But people don't look at it that way. He found it from Hefkir. So therefore he thinks, so let's say Shimon sees Reuven just got something off the street. Says Shimon, Ezel, Itvis, I'm going to go and I'm going to grab it. And the Ispelig, and I'm gonna, I know I'm going to get half by day. If the din would have been Yachloike without a Shvua, people would do that. Not because Shimon is a Ganef, because Shimon is rationalizing that this is not really a Ganev. So therefore the Chachamim came along and they says, one second, you want to get half? Even for your half, you have to swear. People didn't want to swear falsely. Likewise, Avil Mekuchumemkar, but when it comes to the other case that the Mishnah is alluding to, by a buyer and a seller, even though Rashi says the party that will lose the item will get refunded. But nevertheless, it's not about getting refunded. Each one wants that item. If I have to buy something and I made the, the effort and I went to a store and I find that, I find it. I found it and I bought it, another person taking it away from me doesn't feel as innocent as hopping something that I just got from Hefker without even looking for Hefker. You know, three things the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, one of them is Metziah. You don't look for Metziah, you found it. And likewise the opposite. Had the Mishnah only alluded to the case of a buyer and a seller where indeed you say the din of you swear and you divide. Let us insert the words that the Bach by means in the bottom left adds that by a buyer and a seller dear we have to swear they might have Amar, dear, another logic. Each one is going to rationalize by saying Shimon sees Reuven already paid the seller. So Shimon says to himself, I will also, this is what he thinks before he did it, I'm also going to pay the seller. Why will I do it? He needs that, I also need that. I'm going to take it. And he says to himself, what will my friend lose? Nothing. Because the seller has to give him back the money. See, that's how it's different than Mitziah. My friend will get the money back. What, what am I causing him? I'm causing him the tircha that he has to go find it in another store. Mela, I'm only giving him a headache. I'm not taking money away from him. Avol if Shimon sees Reuven taking something, you would think the opposite. Once Reuven already took it, it belongs to Reuven. If Shimon is going to take it or take half of it or take a hair of it, he's taking something that Reuven won't get again. Again, meaning what? What would you say? So what would you say? If you don't need to make a shvua, one, many of the Rishayim say, you would say, Toysus already said that called the Alam Gvar is only said when no one is the Muhzik. Here the, they come into Bez and they're both holding on to it. But another point is that if there's no logic to explain why, why someone honestly would do it, means that he's a ganef. So there's always a, a rationale to say that if you suspect someone is a thief, how can you trust them with an oath? And if oath is a non-option, the option would be, So that's why it's richa in both of these cases, that in both cases we argue that's Rav Papa, that the guy's not really a ganef, which is, he's not a real crook. You can trust him if he makes an oath. Why is he attempting to take away something that's not really his? Because she rationalizes that he's not doing a terrible thing. 
Each side has its own logic. So that's why the Mishnah has to tell you that in both cases, with an oath, you believe them. And as I'll just speak out, I'll learn later, something that will be very key, and it's possible that they take a both on it. That's going to be a big key to this Yachleiku. Sometimes you say Yachleiku because Bezin doesn't know what to do, so they make a compromise. But when they make a compromise, sometimes Bezin feels that no one is really fully getting justice. It's better to be wronged a little bit than to be wronged a lot. So everyone consents to it. This Yachleiku is better. It's possible that they both grabbed it together. It's possible that the seller intended to sell it to both of them. It's Shaykh. So as long as we trust their oath, Yachleikum. And a lot more in a moment. Kod Alam Gvar, which, is a, which, is, which sounds like a wild West law. Kod Alam Gvar means that when, sometimes Bezin says, you guys work it out. You guys work it out, meaning you fight it out. The stronger man will win. Because they only say it when none of them is, is in possession of it. Here, Dafka, they're either both holding on to the Talas, or they're both holding on to the Hamar. They're both holding on to the disputed article. Since they're both already in possession of it, then dividing it in half is closer to what it is right now. Versus it not being in the possession of neither of them, why would Begzin give it to any of them? Either Yehei Munach or fight it out. I mentioned my Zayda always used to ask, there's so many Yehei Munachs at where is all these things? Especially the Taisvis. For thousands of years, Yehei Munach, Yehei Munach. Eliyahu Navi will discover that also, Chavir. You can have that in mind. I can have that in mind. Makes sense. Makes sense. Especially by commodities. I'm not talking about a nice suit. It's not that I have a mind. Well, I'm selling a suit to you. They bought a dozen eggs. Yeah, I don't mind to sell six eggs to you or six eggs to you. You don't care. Yeah, yeah. And that's why and that's why you don't remember. You're you know, you, you you remember the sale. You're not gonna remember the people. Bite it. They say in America the client, it's about the client, it's not true, it's about the money. It's a shekel. it's not about no one cares about the client. Don't don't buy that. They make you feel that they care about you to get your money. Bite. Oh, so now says the Gabbana the following. Mecca, Chumemka, now we have to just work out what we spoke out by heart. If it comes to a, a question of who was the one that bought it, is find out who gave the money. Says the Gemara, the case that we are talking about, we spoke this out by heart, was the Nakat Mitarvayu. The seller has now in his possession money from both. Mechad Midate, one money from one person, he got it because he wanted to sell it to him. Umechad Balkarcha. We don't know me who me And as Rashi brings from what we learned together not that long ago in Kedushin, what we just spoke out, Danny, that if the seller will still have the item in his hand and the money from both, we do believe him. We ask him, who did you want to take the money from? But now that he doesn't have it in his hand, even if he says, I remember, we don't believe him. Because most people forget. Let's contrast our case to a case that we will have in Mesech Shvois, the case of Ben Nanas. The case of Ben Nanas is the case known as Chenvani Al Pinkasai. Listen to the case. It's very interesting. It's very common. Today, the following is more relevant to banks, but it used to really work more with storekeepers. Storekeepers had cash on them. There were no credit cards then. People went to the store and they paid cash. So it was common that a balabas, a employer who had, let's say, a day laborer, and the great mitzvah in the positive and in the negative, not to delay payment, he wants to pay his workers. So he had the following agreement with the local storekeeper, the employer, the balabas, let you pay my workers, just like many storekeepers then had ledgers, they had a pincus, they had a notebook, they have on the computer, which family owes them which money, so normally they owed money to the storekeeper because they bought schayr and they didn't pay him yet. Credit. But many times people use them as the banker. The balabas tells them, you pay my workers and tell me how much money I owe you. And they trusted each other. 
The challenge is, is that at the end of this specific work, the workers are claiming they never got paid. The storekeeper is telling the Balabas, I paid them, now you pay me. So what do you do? Machlek is Tanakama Bananas. He didn't get any receipts. There was no receipts, there were no Adam. So the Chenveni is saying, I paid, so Balabas, pay me back. The workers are telling the Balabas, the Chenveni never paid us, you employed us, paid us. So the Tanakama says, this is one of the few exceptions where you have Nishboyim Vinaitlin. We just learned this in Bavakama. Normally, an oath is imposed on the defendant for him not to have to pay. It's very rare that an oath is imposed in Bezdin for money to be taken out of someone else. But this will be one of the exceptions. So the worker swears to the Balabas, I did not get money from the Chenveni. And the Balabas has to pay the workers this, whatever he agreed to pay them. The, the Chenveni, and the worker swears to the Balabas, the Chenveni goes to the Balabas and he says, I paid them, give me back my money. The Balabas has to double pay. That is Tanakamu. Each one swears. Says Benanas to the Tanakamu, your din is correct. Each one has to swear. But how can Bezdin force both parties to swear when Bezdin knows that one of them is going to feel, swear falsely? Terrible thing. So they agree with the concept that he double loses, but each one gets their money without the oath. Let's read it inside. So, Frek, the Gemara, Lema, Masnison, will it be that our Mishnah is not like bananas? Bananas. Bananas says, Ketzad, Elo, 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 in our Mishnah, what does it say? Each one swears that they don't own less than half, and each one gets the garment. Why doesn't we, why, if our Mishnah would have been bananas, then they would have gotten the Yachleka without the Shvur. Says the Gemara, Afilu Tema Bananas. Huge difference. We spoke this out by heart. In the case of the Chenvani Al Pinkasai, either the Chenvani paid the workers or he didn't. It's very simple. So if Bezin is going to force both parties to swear, Bezin knows one of them will be lying. Hachi over here, That's the beauty of our Mishnah. It's possible that none of them are swearing falsely. None of them are swearing it's all mine. They're swearing that I don't have less than half. It's possible that neither have less than half. Why? It's possible that they both picked it up together. Or like Rashi adds in, the Mishnah speaking about two cases, the other cases, it's possible that the seller had a mind to sell to both of them. So it's not a for sure, Shavuashav, Bananas will agree to the din of our Mishnah. Next question. Oh, reviewing Bava Kamen. What did we learn about the Kama? The great case, if I have an ox, going back to the ox and the cow, and you have a pregnant cow, and my, and later, and people walk by later, and after my ox gored your cow later, they notice that on the side of the cow is a dead fetus. The cow aborted the child. Doesn't matter whether my ox is a tom or a mud. It doesn't make a difference. The question is like this. I, the owner of the ox, I'm claiming, I owe you for the damage that my ox did to your cow. Half a damage. But the fetus, my ox caused your cow to abort? Maybe your cow aborted before my ox gored your cow. The other party, the owner of the cow was saying, no. Maybe not. Maybe my cow hadn't ab aborted its child because your ox gored my cow. Neither no. Neither no. Let's begin with Shem of Hashem. Let's begin with that. So we learned the Machleikist on Akama. The Mishnah said that whatever the value of the fetus is, whatever the ox is, if the ox, let's say, is a tam, which means if the ox would have caused the baby to, 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 to die, the owner would have to pay for half of the damage. In our case, he only pays for a quarter. If my ox is a muad, if I actually did the damage, I have to pay for all of the damage, then since there's a doubt, you divide it. Whatever the value would be, put it in half. And the Gemara there says after the Mishnah, ah, our Mishnah is sumchas. And they quote a b'raisa, that the b'raisa in this case says that the chachamim hold, that whoever is the muhzik on the money, which is the owner of the ox, you want to take money out of the owner of the ox. So let's begin with Sumchah. Sumchah says that you divide. Now, no one has to make an oath. 
So asks the Gemara, maybe our Mishnah is not like Sumchas, because if our Mishnah would have been like Sumchas, Sumchas says, and in our Mishnah you got to make a Shvua. So says the Gemara Gavaldik. One second, yeah? Our Mishnah is not like Sumchas, so who is it like? It's like the Chachamim. What did the Chachamim say? They say, And therefore, what's the kasha? So what's the question? Obviously, you're not understanding Pshan and our Mishnah correctly. Because we're not going to make up a third opinion that's not quoted in the Baba Kama. Our Mishnah is not even Why not? Because if it would have been then what? You think, then what? What's over here? What's over here? And by the ox, the guy, the owner of the ox has all the money. The owner of the cow and the fetus wants to be the moitzi. They can't take any moitzi. What's in our case? They're both holding on to it. Oh, they're both muhzakim. And therefore, each one keeping half is keeping what is his. So why would you need a shvuah? So why are you challenging that the need of a shvuah is the like a sumchas? No, our mission is that they're both muhzakim. And you still need to have a shvuah. So it must be, the Gemara is asking, that you're missing understanding in the Mishnah. Because taka would be the Tana. So the Gemara says it's not true. Hi, my, what kind of question is that? No, 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 our Mishnah works according to the Chachamim. We understood our Mishnah properly. I amart bishleima rabbanan. If our Mishnah would have been the Rabbanan, Hasam de Litafsi Tarvayu, Amru Rabbanan Amitzhalavarayam. Over here, over there, again, the owner of the ox is the Muhzik. The other one, even with an oath, you don't get. Oath is not a Raya. You have to have aid. Over here, since the Tarvayu Tafsi, since the both holding on to it, Palgila Bishvua. Here the Gemara is saying it fits with the Chachamim. Each one should have to take an oath. Why? Because we're not going to say right now that each one is holding on to half. Each one is holding on to everything. So he's actually going to be losing half. I, how is he losing half? That side doesn't have Adam. That side is also the Muhzik on everything. So even though each one is being a Shtikl Maitzi, but he's also a Shtikl Muhzik. So it makes sense that a Shvua would work. But but if the Tana would have been Sumchis, Hashto Mahasam. Over there, the Litafsi Tarvayu. That no one is the Muhzik. In other words, the owner of the cow is certainly not the Muhzik over the money. Nevertheless, Cholkin, he gets half of the money, whatever the half is. If it's from a Tam, he gets a quarter. If it's from a Mut, he gets a half. Tarvayu Tafsi is like Cholchin that Sumchis would hold. You don't need an oath. Why do you need an oath? Says the Gemara, Filotema Sumchis, Ki Amar Sumchis, that you don't need to have an oath. That's because, as we spoke out, Shem of Shema. The owner of the ox and the owner of the cow, they both don't know what happened. However, Avil Bari Ubari, Loyamar, he never said Cholkin without a Shvuam. No, Adar Sumchis is the one that would hold that by Bari Ubari, Yitake Yachloiko, with an oath. The problem is, is that we learned the, the Mishnah, the case, I think it was Pedi Krivi. But later in Daf Kuf, we brought that back up, and the Gemara there quoted the Rabba Barafuna, that clearly says that Omar Sumchez Afilu Bari Ubari. Even if the owner of the ox says, I saw what happened. The owner of the cow says, I saw what happened. Sumchez holds, Cholkin Bulay So Namai Kalameira. Says the Gemara, our Mishnah can even go according to Sumchas. Ki Amar Sumchas, that you don't make an oath. That's only Heicha, the Ika, Drara, the Mamayna. Let's learn Rashi. Rashi teaches the words Drara, the Mamayna, Chisarain, Mamayn, a true loss of money. In other words, since it's going to be a true loss of money, so we are compelled to minimize the loss of money. We are compelled to do that. One of them is going to lose here. We don't want someone to lose everything. So being that justice, so to say, demands a yachloiku, so therefore yachloiku without a shvua. But over here, there is no true money loss like we explained. Because a mitzia, you can say it's a mazel. You, you, you didn't work for it. You found it. So you won't get to keep it. 
or by the case of the buying and the selling, even if I, I'll get the money back. So if there's no true loss of money, we're not compelled, that will be the logic. Even though we're going to see in a moment, there's an opposite logic. We're not compelled to make a yachloiku. So you want Beisden to give you a half? Swear. Oh, that's one way of looking at it. Gavaldike Gemara, kids learn this, it's good. You see, you can say the opposite. Threg the Gemara, two lines from the bottom. The opposite. The fact that here there's no real drar of the Mamayna is the reason why you shouldn't need a shvua. Valaf kavu uma hasam. In the case of Bavakama, the Ika Dorada de Mamaira Lamar, the Ika Dorada de Mamaira Lamar. You know, when you make a Yachlaiku, you can say on one hand, you minimize the loss of money. But on the other hand, you can say Yachlaiku is the injustice for both. Both are losing. And going to Daf Gimel, the Ika Lamaymer Kulamar, the Ika Lamaymer Kulamar. Because really, it, it's only once either the ox is the Mechoyev. Or he's not. Nevertheless, Sumcha says, Over here, the lack of the Here it's, it's easier for Beisden to say Yachleku. Because no one is losing. It's not the end of the world. And not only not the end of the world, Shlema, because you only found it from Hefker. It's not a loss. More, it's possible that they both picked it up together. In other words, Yachleku here, could be the emes. That's beautiful. Over there, Yachleiku is not the emes. Either my ox gored that cow when it was pregnant or when it already lost a child. So over here, that it's possible for the Yachleiku to be emes is like Kalchein, that if Sumchas would have been the author, he would have said Yachleiku without Shvua. Now, it, again, it would not be the end of the world if it wouldn't be Sumchas, but we're saying no. Yeah. And now, the way many of the Shainim learn, that what we're going to learn now is a modification, or it's a, dif- a difference of opinion, different than what we learned in Rav Papa, or Vitema Kedi, or Vitema Rapshimi, which the Papa said, that why did they make an oath here? Because each side rationalizes that I'm not doing an avla, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a ganif if I ganvit. They think they're not the biggest gun of him. They found it from Hefkid. He's getting his money back anyway. Here he's gonna say, he's gonna change these words. And really, Midoraisa, no oath, no oath would have been demanded. However, the way Rabbi Yechanan explained. That we want to discourage anarchy. Rabbi Yechanan understood that if people will get away based on the rule of when Beisden has a suffix regarding Mammon, Yachloiku, that in itself could create anarchy. People are going to start grabbing that which doesn't belong to them. Not only in the case, let's say, of Hefker. So then Chachalim made a rule, whenever you have a claim to something, swear. Again, it's predicated that people who are not yet honest when it comes to money will be more honest when it comes to not taking a false oath. So that is a preventative measure that was instituted that will not allow, that will disencourage anarchy in the market. And with this, we'll finish the first half of Bava Metzia. God willing to be continued.